Good morning. Welcome to Pleasant Street Church. My name is Steve. I'm on staff here, and I'm glad to see you this morning. Um, Pastor Matthew is on vacation this week, so I would like to give a warm welcome to Caitlin Givens from Resurrection Church. So with that, please rise and body your spirit for our call to worship. The Lord be with you. God looks from heaven upon the children of earth to see whether there are any wise enough to seek the fellowship of God. When the Lord restores the fortunes of his people, the people of faith shall rejoice and the whole church be glad. To God be all glory in the church and in Christ Jesus forever and ever. i 
the middle of the storm. Louder and louder, gotta hear my praises roar up from the ashes. Open our eyes, death is in. i 
Awesome and compassionate God, you have loved us with an unfailing, self-giving mercy, but we have not loved you. You constantly call us, but we do not listen. You ask us to love, but we walk away from neighbors in need, wrapped in our own concerns. We condone evil, prejudice, warfare, and greed. God of grace, come to us in mercy. And ten spirit, spirit, and your truth. And Let's take a moment in a silent confession. Almighty God grants you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in our inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. That you, being rooted and grounded in love, may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth. And to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with the fullness of God. Know that you are forgiven and be at peace. I'd like to invite the deacons to come up uh, to receive our morning offerings. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, you are an abundant God. Out of your great mercy, you have given us so much. Lord, please receive this offering of our time, our talents, and money. Use it to glorify your name and spread your gospel word. In your, your name we pray, amen.
peace of Christ is with you. That's with you. Let's share the peace of Christ with our neighbors. All the kids, age, kids ages four through second grade, come up here. People of God, what is our prayer? peace to love and serve Jesus. Uh, my good friends in Jesus Christ, good morning. My name is Chuck McGrath. I am one of the elders here at Pleasant Street, and it's my great privilege to lead us in prayer this morning. First, on a personal note, I wish to thank everyone for the words of condolences and for the many cards my family received over the loss of my father. It is truly a great blessing to hear from so many people in our time of loss. Thank you so much for being with us, praying for us in our time of sadness, truly from our hearts, friends. Thank you. As Christians, we believe that prayer is the most important part of thankfulness God requires of us. We also believe that God gives his grace and Holy Spirit only to those who pray continually and groan inwardly, asking God for these gifts and thanking him for them. There is no joy that does not come from God's hand. There is no pain that does not echo in God's heart. Let us join in prayer, offering our praise and thanksgiving and intercession to God. Heavenly Father, Lord Jesus and Holy Spirit, we gather here this morning to worship you. We thank you for the great gifts of this church community and all the people who have been touched by your grace here. We pray for the people of this congregation. Give us the desire to seek and love you with all our hearts and minds and souls. Revive our spirits, soothe those who, of us who have been tested by the hardships of life. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. O oh God, our Savior, lead your people to generosity, charity, and spirit depth. Uphold and restore the good moral compass in our church and among the people of our community. We pray for the council and leaders bless their lives and their service, energize their souls, grant them the desire to grow in faith and inspire others. Generous God, we thank you this morning for the gifts of this church community and all the people who are active here in various ministries and roles, giving of their time, talents, and treasures. Our teachers, our musicians, and the staff here at Pleasant Street and others who serve 
Thank you for the faithful service. Oh Lord, our God, we thank you for the moments of revelation and insight. Let us be patient during all the times when we don't hear your voice so clearly and seem to lose sight of our calling. Let us be faithful during these times. Lord, we remember all the treasures that you have given us, our families, our closest friends, our neighbors, our church, and the wealth of this land that provides for our needs. You give us life and all that we need. Thank you, Lord. O oh Lord, this morning we remember our elderly brothers and sisters who live in nursing homes. We pray for them along with all those who live in retirement communities. May they always feel our loving embrace. Let us pray for our church community and all those among us who are struggling with major challenges in their lives. We think of Carol L, Cindy H, Karen S, Hank E, and Bill V. We think of those who are suffering loss recently, Oscar K, Thalia and Brian T, Gordon K, and, the fam and their family. Lord, be with them this very moment and give them the strength they need. Lord, have mercy on them. We pray for those with special needs, those who could not be here with us today. We think of those who are shut in, we pray for our youth and our youth leaders. Your spirit awakens the souls of our young people and leads them to seek a greater purpose in life. Help us to nurture the faith of those who are trying to find out what their lives will be all about. Hear us, O oh God. O oh God, we thank you for those who have found a new spiritual home in Pleasant Street Church. May they live, lives be enriched through the ministries and communities, may they each bring gifts into their service. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day of rest and this opportunity to restore our souls. Strengthen our desire to keep your day holy and help us to resist the urge to be busy at all times. We pray for our church throughout the world. Those that are persecuted, for spreading your word. Please be with our missionaries and missionary services. Use them to bring your light into the world. Father, we are your people, chosen by you. As we meet together in this place, help us to listen, to understand, and to remember. Make us aware that we are meeting not simply with one another, but with you. Let your presence be real to each of us as we pray. May it be just like speaking with you as we listen. Help us concentrate so that we really hear your word. Help us to take in and retain all that we hear, see, and experience this morning and be blessed by it. Loving God, this is what we long for. We ask a blessing on this morning's service for your love and goodness, we give you thanks, O God. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Through Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen.
scripture reading this morning comes from Paul's letter to the Ephesians, chapter 3, verses 14 through 21. For this reason I kneel before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray that out of the glorious, out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power, together with all the Lord's holy people, to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ, and to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. This is the word of the Lord. Good morning, Pleasant Street. Thank you for welcoming me. I'm glad to be able to be here while Pastor Matthew and his family are um, taking a little bit of time. Um, I am a pastor over at Resurrection Church, a CRC church in East Boston. So if you go to the airport ever, we live right there. Um, I haven't been here for a little bit of time because um, we have since had a child. Um, I am adjusting to working full-time, having a baby. My husband is also a minister, um, but not at our church. He works with college um, ministry, and so we are, we are stretching in that, but I'm so glad to be with you. Um, we will start today in our text. Can I pray for us? God, we invite your spirit here, and we yield to you. We long to hear from you, to be shaped by you. God, would you lift heads in this space? Would you speak to us? Give us ears to hear. Give us eyes to see. Soften the places in us that are hard. We trust you. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Our text today is from Paul's letter in um, Ephesians. So he's writing to the Ephesians. And what we have in our text is a prayer stop. He stops to pray. He writes this in the middle of his letter. He has been writing to the Ephesian people. He's been telling them about the good news that God's promises were coming to pass. So the family of Abraham that was to be blessed, to be a blessing, so that the nations could know the goodness of God, now it is happening. And so Paul is telling them this. He's teaching them this. The old barriers that used to keep non-Jews out before, they are now gone, and now... All are welcomed in through faith in Jesus. Hallelujah. So this new, beautiful family of restored people of every ethnicity is being established. And here, Paul stops to pray. 
So after all of this good news, what do you think Paul is going to pray for his people? And we might expect a prayer for this new boundaryless family of God to have power or to have courage or maybe for some fruitfulness of some sort. But what Paul prays for to the God on high, to the God rich in glory, is that they would have power to comprehend the love of God. So the scripture will be behind me, but follow with me. Paul asks that God may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. This dwelling refers to a residing, a habitation. It's not a temporary stay. Christ is making his home among his people. So what we have here is this reciprocal, this intimate union that believers have with God where we are in Christ and Christ is in us, where we find our home in Christ. Christ finds his home in us. Verse 17 reads that you, being rooted and grounded in love. In the Greek, the preposition in love um, is first in the word order. So it would actually read in love, being rooted and grounded. It actually helps us understand that there is an emphasis here on what exactly the church is to be rooted in and grounded in. So he's not just saying be rooted and be grounded in and of yourselves. He's saying, no, you need something to stabilize you, something that will anchor you. Here he is saying to this church that is growing, that is beginning to look much different than it ever has, he says, it is the love of God that will stabilize you, that will root you, that will ground you. We continue in verse 18. He's praying that God would strengthen them so that they may have strength to comprehend with all of the saints what is the breadth and the length and the height and the depth and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled to the fullness of God. And so of all of the things that Paul could pray, of all the things he could ask the Spirit's power to do, he is asking that the Spirit would stretch them in every direction to understand how high and how wide and how deep and how long God's love is for us. This is a stretching prayer. Have you ever driven by a car dealership and seen one of these guys? Um, they're inflatable, dancing, waving men that float, um, and they dance, and they wave in the wind. I looked them up on Amazon. They are called air dancers, if you would like to know. Um, they go <laughs> up 20 feet, and they are weighed down by a heavy base so that they do not get swept away. They catch your attention because they're wild, they're bendy, they're fun, and they are free. Um, or I want you to think of a ballet dancer. This is Misty Copeland. There is so much 
flexibility and power that stretches her in this gorgeous leap. So much day in, day out training that makes this possible. What Paul is asking for here, Paul's prayer is challenging a cramped and stiff, unbending version of ourselves. He's asking for power to be stretched to know the contours of God's love. And so while none of us are air dancers, while none of us might, some of us might not even be able to like reach our toes today, um, but through the power of the Spirit, it is possible for the people of God to stretch and to grasp in greater and in deeper measure the all-pervasive love of God. And this is the goal and the hope of the Christian life. This is what leads us to fullness and expansiveness and agility to move in freedom and in grace and redemptive beauty. And it is breathtaking and it is awe-inspiring. In the Ephesian church, Gentiles and Jews are coming together. It's a special new time. Barriers and walls that used to exist are, have been broken down in Christ. Paul's prayer is that they will know that they are loved immeasurably, that they are beloved, that the Gentile welcome was a part of the plan from the beginning. Christ has come for you. Christ has died for you. Christ has rose for you. Paul wants them to know the love of God, that sinners do not need to measure up and earn their way in, that, that they have they don't have to be a part of a certain family in order to belong. They don't have to sneak in in the back. They are not permitted in begrudgingly. They have VIP membership through the blood of Christ. Paul is saying, God, help them to know more and more how much you love them. In love, would you root them? In love, would you ground them? In love, would you establish them? When things get difficult, they don't understand how to be together. In love, root them, stretch them, so they can understand how high and how wide and how long and how deep your love is. Then they will be most fully alive. This passage really challenges me. Honestly, it's like it on. Honestly, ironically, stretches me because I read it and I say, oh, the love of God. Paul is praying that I know the love of God. I do. Check. What is next? Can I graduate to the next stage? Can we talk about something else? I know this part. And part of this is cultural. Um, I come from a Chinese-American family where we do not directly talk about our affection or our love for one another. So we show this love, we demonstrate this love, we serve one another, but rarely slash never do we talk about our love for one another. That would, be, it would, that would just blow my mind. I feel uncomfortable even mentioning that. But, and then when someone gives a gift that is, is extravagant, um, there's this uh, desire to reciprocate. And if it's so extravagant that we cannot reciprocate, we say dala, which means like enough, as in too much, as in no thank you. 
Um, there's a resistance to receiving extravagance. So I read this prayer, and I'm like, okay, that's a lot of love. That's an uncomfortable amount of affection and devotion. Can we talk instead about what I can do in return, what I can give in return? Can we move on to my obedience And maybe you are not coming in with that same cultural lens, but you might similarly be like, yes, I know God loves me. What else is there? What does this mean? Actually, most people outside of the Christian faith have a sense of divine benevolence, like an affirmative pat on the shoulder. But what Paul is inviting us to here is beyond a divine pat on the shoulder. Paul is insisting that the love of God is not like a cute, trivial bumper sticker that makes you smile when you see it, you feel warm inside, and you go about your day. It's not a trivial addition to your life. It's not a gift that should be put aside, but this is a treasure that you should store and enjoy and savor endlessly. I would be a fool to push aside a gift so extravagant as this. He says the love of God surpasses knowledge, and yet even still, even on this side of glory, we can know it more and more deeply. And so, church, do not imagine that you've got the love of God thing down like I often do. Do not miss out on the opportunity, the sheer delight that is available to you in an ever-growing, stretching experience in God's love. May you understand how God's love stretches higher still, deeper still. In Abba's child, Brennan Manning, he reflects on the fact that God loves us just as much as he loves Jesus. And he's writing about this, and he says this seems crazy to us because we, as humans, we sometimes love people more than others. So we love people sometimes like, oh, depending on the circumstances and our feelings, we'll say, oh, I love this person 90%, this person 70%, this person 15% if I have to, sure. And so often we mistakenly think that God does the same thing, like, oh, how fond of God of me is God right now, like maybe 70%, you know, I did like go to church for a few weeks, and, but it would like probably be bumped up to 80, 85% if I uh, read more scripture or was more kind to my spouse. What Manning writes is this, he writes, Abba, God our Father, cannot do that because we have love, but God is love. His love is not a dimension of himself. It is his whole self. Paul wants us to know the all-surpassing love of God because in that knowing, we know God himself. His, His love is so boundless. He says it surpasses knowledge, but we can grasp it in greater and greater fullness. What if that was our 2023 goal? I want to grasp it. I want to savor it more. I want to stretch in it more. Paul prays that they are stretched in the love of God because it is there and only there where we find transformative power. Howard Thurman 
was a black theologian. He was a civil rights leader. He has a book named Jesus and the Disinherited, which was really important during the civil rights era and still important now. In that book, he wrestles with the hope of Jesus for those on the underside of oppression, who stand with the backs, their backs against the wall. That's how he talks about it in his book. And he writes about the identity of being called a child of God. And he says, it is this powerful stabilizer of identity that is saying that inherently you are loved. He talks about his grandmother who was a slave. She would go to secret religious meetings where they would hear said to them, you are not a slave. You are God's children. And her, uh, Thurman writes that this this established for them the ground of personal dignity that resulted in new courage, in fearlessness and power. The individual, his grandma, now feels that she counts, that she belongs. She has the confirmation of her roots, and even death, he writes, becomes a little thing. Friends, do we believe that the love of God is that transformative? Thurman goes on to write, um, and he writes in the, in the midst of a, a great and continual systemic racial oppression of which we are no stranger still today. And Thurman writes this. He writes, of course... God cares for the grass of the field, which lives a day and is no more, or the sparrow that falls unnoticed by the wayside. He also holds the stars in their appointed places, leaving his mark in every little thing, and he cares for me. There's a turn here. To be assured of this becomes the answer to the threat of violence, yes, to violence itself. To the degree to which a man knows this, he is unconquerable from within and without. Now, this is stretching, friends. We can get baffled here. Can we imagine that knowing and experiencing the love of God would bring people stuck in an evil system, treated horribly with generations impacted by the trauma of repeated dehumanization. Can we imagine that the love of God could bring life and growth and stability and security and beauty when all you'd expect them to feel is death? This is why Paul pleads that the Spirit of God would strengthen us to know his love. Because it's the only thing that steadies us in the midst of unpredictability, in injustice, in confusion, in division. Christ's love is the only source of nourishment that brings life and growth and restoration even, where death and despair are seemingly the only options. Do you hear me, church? The love of God has that power to transform. There are two planters in my church, uh, in my house, um, outside on the porch. 
that were there when we moved in. And they're very large planters. And first, when we moved in, there were holly bushes um, that died, and they were so dry that if you touched their leaves, you would bleed. Um, and so I was like, okay, we got to get rid of that. And so got really thick gloves, pulled it out, and we replaced it with these really beautiful English rose bushes, only to, the, to have them get sick and die. And so the next season, I took those out, and I planted in dahlia tubers, only to have them get sick as well. And I, th I could see them trying to come up, these dahlias, and I thought maybe they need more water, maybe they need fertilizer. No, 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 still, stick, still sick and still stunted. And finally, after two years of trying different plants and having them all die, I realized that the soil itself was bad. What, it's what killed the holly, it's what killed the roses, it's what made my dahlias sickly without any flowers. And so one day I did the, the actually dirty work of, getting, of replacing the dirt. So you're like covered in dirt and you have to get rid of all the other dirt. You bleach the planters, I bleached them, I let them dry for two weeks before I refilled them with good soils. Um, I put in new dahlias, and they started out well, and then this past fall, they were higher than me and flowering, new flowers every couple of days, healthy and vibrant. And church, I, if we are unimpressed with God's love, then we might be closer to looking and experiencing life as a dead rose bush than a thriving one. So do whatever it takes to root yourself in the good soil of Christ's love because it is only there that there is nourishment for your flourishing, for your flowering, for your growth. Everything else promises to bring you fullness but fails. If you're planted in soil that says that you need to be successful or you need to be right or you need to be helpful or you need to know enough in order to be worthwhile, you will wilt. You will stay small. If you're planted in soil that demands that your life look a certain way in order to be okay with yourself, beware the presence of toxins that snuff out life. Being rooted and established in the love of God is constantly receiving the truth that you are God's beloved, that your acceptance or your rejection from people, from jobs, from institutions do not have a claim on you. Being stretched in the love of God takes you from a cramped, small version of yourself, and you are able to leap and to stretch and to expand into who you were created to be, who you were designed to be. We leap where we used to stumble. And when we open ourselves to the stretching work of the Spirit, the love of God changes us, transforms us. We're in the new year here, and there's so many programs and strategies for changing your life for the better. And I say, try stretching yourself in the love of God. Transformation will come. Sometimes miraculously, yes, but more often very slowly, ordinarily, one step at a time. 
One day you are reading Jesus' call to love your enemy and to forgive not just once but 70 times and you're like, that is insane. Like, what are you talking about? But the more you walk with God, the more you walk with his people, the more you worship. Every week we do the confession and the assurance of grace. We confess, we come before him and we have assurance of grace in Jesus. What relationship? In what relationship do we have an assurance of grace always, no matter what you have done, no matter how far you have been, no matter what you are coming with, we have an assurance of grace in Christ. Daily, weekly, we receive his grace. It builds us up. It shapes us. It stretches us. And then you read, and you read again, Jesus is called to love your enemy, and you say, I can do that in the power of God. This is the same love with which he has loved me. I, too, can extend this. This is the love of God. It transforms us. Where we used to get stuck in swirls of anxiety, there's now groundedness and agility to claim the peace of God and to receive that and move in a different way where taunts of self-hatred and shame and self-flagellation are beginning to turn up the volume You hear the voice of God interrupting with love and with gentleness and with grace and with truth, and he lifts your head as one who has seen and known, one who has been forgiven. Where it feels haziest and maybe as dark as night, the God of love says, here I am with you. Darkness is as light to me. Courage. I am Emmanuel. I am here with you. Church, the love of God is no small thing. On the cross, Christ was stretched out in bodily sacrifice. His devotion to us knows no end. Some traditions do the sign of the cross to remind us of the height and the depth and the width and the breadth of Christ's love for us. If he went to those lengths, he is not going to stop now. Can you receive anew today that you are God's beloved? You might cognitively agree, but will you ask God to stretch you in your understanding of it? It's one thing to know that a watermelon is green on the outside and then red in the inside. It's a whole other experience to cut into it, to taste it, to delight in it, to savor its sweetness. Just recently I was talking with a spiritual director of mine about the experience of motherhood and I was telling her how I feel overwhelmed all the time and I don't know what I'm doing. And um, I wanted my time with her to help me regain a feeling of being on top of my life, like being able to control something. Um, And she was like, well, let's listen to God together. And what I heard was this. I heard God say, Caitlin, you are my beloved. And this in particular is what I has been just changing my life. He said to me, if you never preached another sermon, if you never helped 
one other person take a small step towards me again, I would still love you the same amount that I love you today. There is nothing you can do to stop my love. And I was stunned. Cognitively, yes, I knew that I know God's love is not dependent on my own faithfulness, but I didn't know it. I didn't believe it in my own soul. And what I heard was the voice of God speaking to me, his beloved. My beloved speaking to me, stretching me. My love is wider still. Even if I did nothing from here on out, his love remains. Even if I were to fail, his love remains. This stunned me. It freed me. I could breathe more deeply. I was being stretched. What kind of love is this? So church, will you make space to stretch yourself in the understanding of God's love? Will you receive the extravagant gift that is Christ's boundless love to you? Stretch yourself to grasp its beauty. Take time to pause and to savor God's word. Allow yourself to expand as you receive its truth about who God is, about who you are. Talk about it honestly with him. Talk to others in the faith about what you are learning, about what you are receiving. Share. This, is, it's, this has been so important for me to share with communities that I trust the things that make it hard for me to receive God's love so that they can call it out when they see it and say, hey, I think you're resisting here. I think you need to know that God loves you and stop saying this about yourself. May we be a church that is stretched by the Spirit to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth and to know the love of God that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Let me pray. Holy Spirit, I ask that in this um, church body, you would stretch and deepen and bring a sense of joy and delight in their receiving of their love for you. God, I pray that it would be holy. I pray that barriers to receiving this extravagant gift would come down. God, I pray that there would be freedom in extending it to each other. I pray that there would be joy and delight that breaks open the work that you're doing in these people. God, we trust you. Help us to have an experience and a a groundedness in your love that shapes us. We pray this in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you, Caitlin. I'd like to invite our praise team to come back up and also our echo students. Uh, This is grades three through fifth. You're invited to come up and be dismissed for that echo time.
People of God, what is our prayer? Go in peace to love and serve Jesus. And please rise and body your spirit as we continue.
The Lord bless and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Go in peace as we sing this last song. Sorry, we go in peace at our church, so I'm used to going in peace, but we will sing in peace. <laughs> Should nothing of our efforts stand, no legacy survive, unless the Lord does raise the house in vain its builders strive to you who boast tomorrow's gain tell me
serve Jesus Christ.